Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Principal Voice, a podcast sponsored by the Ontario Principals Council, or OPC. My name is Peggy Sweeney. The OPC is the professional association representing more than 5,400 principals and vice principals in Ontario's elementary and secondary schools. We develop and deliver professional development for school leaders, provide legal advice and support, and advocate for public education. Our provincial office is located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Our guest today is Dr. Andrew Mickey, a registered psychologist and the founder of Starling Minds. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Peggy. Andrew, can you tell our listeners a bit about your professional background before you started Starling Minds? Sure. Uh, I think I was really fortunate uh, at an early age. I knew I thought I wanted to be a clinical psychologist. I was about 16 when it was suggested to me by, by my dad. And once he said it, it was just one of those things that clicked for me. And it was something that I was really, um, you know, the more I learned about it, the more passionate I became that that's something I wanted to do. So I moved out uh, from Vancouver to Ontario and I went to, um, I went to Queens for my undergrad. And then I did, a, I did a master's in animal cognition and behavior. And so I studied rats and pigeons for a couple of years. And then that's what really got me into York uh, in, in Toronto, where I was able to study uh, clinical psych. And I think that uh, you know, when, when I first got in, I was like a kid in a candy store, just in the sense I was so excited to finally be in the area that I really wanted to be in. And I was really driven to really try to figure out how to treat people the best that I could in terms of, you know, if somebody's experiencing depression or anxiety, how can I assess, you know, what they're going through and how could I treat them in as quickly a time as period, uh, as quickly um, as possible so that they could learn how to manage it on their own. Like that was always a driving force behind, you know, what I was trying to learn and what I was trying to do. So I was very fortunate. I went to um, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health for uh, some of my PhD training in uh, cognitive behavior therapy for depression. And then I was working on a, um, uh, a study at York University uh, for people with generalized anxiety disorder. And so by the end of my PhD career, I moved back to Vancouver and I set up a couple of private practices. And so then I was really able to kind of, you know, have a lot of freedom in terms of all the things that I learned about all the different types of approaches to treatment and what I thought would really help people, I was able to finally do on my own. So I did that for a number of years and I ended up treating a lot of teachers and educators over the years. And so uh, I think that once I started doing that, I, I had a uh, a relationship with the BC Teachers Federation because I was treating quite a few teachers. And uh, so then I ran groups for them for a couple of years. I put together a protocol to help some of their teachers uh, better understand what they're going through. And a lot of these teachers were on disability, um, so they were off work. And so part of the protocol was to help them get back to work and reduce their symptoms. And because of the success around that, they wanted a larger program that they could roll out to the province. And that's around the time that I started thinking about having an online program. And so when I proposed that idea to them, uh, they were really receptive to it. And this is back in about 20, 2013. Uh, and so from then, that's how the whole uh, company started. Okay, so how did you go from private practice to establishing Starling Mines and why? Um, I think one of the things that I noticed in private practice is that a lot of times when people are off, um, they're experiencing very similar I mean, everybody's unique, right? It's like, um, you know, if you're dealing with a group of students, all, every student's unique, but there's ways that you can teach 
mass of them, right? And and the idea that I that that I, that I came up with was just how people seemed to struggle in very similar ways. They felt like they were alone. They were you know um, they were ashamed a lot of times. They were embarrassed about what they were going through. And a lot of people really benefited from a lot of education and training, which is a big part of cognitive behavior therapy. It is one, one reason why I really like a lot of aspects of that approach to treatment. And so what I found is that, you know, I, I was saying very similar things to people and they were, they were all finding it very helpful. And so then in the group format, I could see how, you know, explaining it to a group was really helpful. And then so it just seemed like the next step then in order to, um, you know, really try to get that education and training out to a larger group of people, it seemed to make sense to have it online. So what in a nutshell is Starling Minds? What does it entail? So it's an online program that people can access. It's uh, confidential where people can walk through a series of modules that consists of a different, uh, there's a series of different polling questions so that people can understand, um, you know, the information and, and also what everybody else in the community thinks. And it's completely confidential where everybody has a unique user ID number. So you don't know what, you know, what other people in the organization, who, who they are, and they don't know who you are. And there's a lot of animated videos, short clips of information. Um, and some of them are case studies of an administrator that we created. Um, and uh, there's also a lot of uh, tools that we introduce to help people better learn how to regulate their emotions, how they can better balance their, their thinking. Um, and what we find is that when people go through it, uh, it's that education and training um, that they benefit from. Plus, there's also a, an online community where people can make comments about what they're going through. And I think that that's really opened our eyes to the power of sharing that kind of information because we get a lot of people saying that it's just really re it's reassuring for them to know that they're not the only ones who are struggling um, at that particular time. Okay. Now, you've mentioned cognitive behavior therapy and that that's what this program is based on. What is CBT and why do you use it in this program? So one of the things I think that it's really difficult for the public to um, to understand is the difference between our physical health system and our mental health system. Um, my dad was a GP, and so I have a pretty good idea in terms of our, you know, of our physical health system and how it's, you know, we have universal health care for people. When it comes to mental health, it's completely different. It's, um, it's in my opinion, it's very much like the Wild West. There's so many different professionals, whether it's um, psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, um, psychotherapists. There's a large number of uh, people in this area, and they all have different orientations or different approaches to treatment, or they can, right? And so cognitive behavior therapy is one of the many different types of uh, approaches to treatment, and apparently there's over 500 different kinds. And uh, the reason why I like it is because it is time limited. Um, there's a lot of evidence in the literature that it works. It's generally considered to be the gold standard. So a lot of the uh, uh, professional associations, um, psychiatric and uh, psychological associations, do endorse it as a gold standard for uh, depression and anxiety. Um, and so I think that you know, for me personally, um, the strength of it is the education and the training piece of it. Um, and I think that the other components um, that really help round out um, treatment and how to get people better is really the rapport side of it as well. So I think that when you have those two in combination, uh, the percentage of people that you can treat really effectively really goes up. Okay. Now, how effective is it to offer a mental health or mental wellness program online? I mean, isn't it better for people to be sitting in a room one-on-one -on -one with a therapist for this kind of work? Uh, you know, we hear that uh, quite often, and I think that it depends on what people need and, and where they're at. Um, I think that because of mental illness um, being so stigmatized, sometimes people don't want to share anything with somebody else. Sometimes they just want 
um, information um, and training in a more confidential way. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that we've noticed with a lot of our members is that they they really appreciate the fact that they can do it on their own time, right? So they can do it in their own homes, um, you know, whenever they want. And I think that another issue in terms of our mental health system is that most of the treatment providers are in large urban settings. And the further out you go, uh, the, the fewer resources there are, right? So I think that um, it's not like the like our program uh, is trying to replace anything. I think we just see it as an adjunct, right? It's another resource that people can potentially access. Um, and so it's something where they can get some information and some training. And if they want to see somebody else and talk to somebody, that that's also possible. Okay. Now, Starling Minds has been targeted specifically for educators. Are there unique needs that principals and vice principals have around mental around mental wellness? I think that every group, you know, it's like every, um, every child in a class is unique in a way. And I think that the profession is definitely one where um, there are unique stressors uh, uh, um, for, for this profession. And I think we've, we've tried to work with um, uh, OPC and, and CPCO and ADFO to really understand what are the challenges that are unique to principals and vice principals. Um, I made the mistake uh, early on saying, well, you know, we've got a teaching pro te uh, program for teachers. Can't you guys just use that? And there was a lot of pushback at the time because I, I don't think I fully appreciated at the time, this is going back about four years ago, how different the role is. And um, I think since then, we've been able to try to tailor it um, so that we speak to some of the challenges that they have um, as a principal or vice principal in terms of um, you know, as an administrator, um, you know, your role is different, right? You don't have a classroom, but you're responsible for the school in all aspects of it, the running of the school, making sure that, um, you know, the relationships within the school and, you know, the, um, the behavior, um, the safety, um, you know, everything, the budgets, everything is falling under um, your responsibility. But then I think on top of that, uh, you're, you're also beholden to the board, right, and the superintendent. And I think that there's challenges that can sometimes go along with that as well. Right in terms of sometimes discipline issues and, and how it, it, it comes about. So, um, so yeah, they're definitely unique stressors and, and, uh, and try to understand how those stressors affect um, principals and vice principals in terms of, we use this analogy of a, of, of a battery and how their energy can get drained. And when that happens, how they can fall on the mental health continuum. We really feel like it's important for a lot of people to know where they are on the mental health continuum to kind of track it over time so that they can be as proactive as possible. We often hear that people don't seek treatment because of the stigma around mental illness or mental health. Do you find that's the case with the education community? And if so, how do you encourage people to take part in this program? So the, yeah, there's a couple parts to that question. Um, does it exist in education? I think it does. Um, I think that it's starting to change because of the number of people in our society who are experiencing mental illness. Um, and I think a lot of children are experiencing a lot of mental illness. So I think that, unfortunately, in the school system, uh, well, fortunately, in the sense that th there is a large focus on supporting students, right? And I think that that's very important because they're very young and, you know, this is when they can hopefully learn a lot to set um, their life course trajectory um, on a better path. Um, I think sometimes there's less support for the teachers and even less support for the administrators. And I think that when I look at an organization or any organization, in order to keep it really healthy, you know, you, you have to keep the leaders in, in that organization he healthy as well. 
And so um, I think that there's often stigma amongst professionals in general, particularly um, principals uh, and vice principals, because they're in positions um, of leadership and uh, the very the very public positions as well. And so I think that there is this misconception that if people are struggling or if they go off work, there's uh, something wrong with them. Um, they're they're weak. Um, and I think that it really does a disservice to how people just struggle at different points in their lives because a lot of stressors are coming together at that particular time in their life. Um, but I think that uh, a lot of professionals and especially principals and vice principals have a lot of difficulties um, either seeing this in themselves and um, admitting it sometimes. I think that they have a tendency just to keep pushing over and over and over again until the, there's absolutely nothing left. Okay, so since this is one program, how do you distinguish what principals and vice principals who want to focus on their mental wellness need versus what people suffering from serious mental illness need? I think that as we've moved forward over the years, we started creating different types of programs for people depending on what their needs are. And our, our program's always evolving. Um, every four to six months, we're always changing it up um, to try to, uh, um, uh, I guess, become more effective for a larger group of people. And so, uh, one of the the first program that we launched, we called it the Mental Fitness Program, and I, I think it's just a uh, it's an overview in terms of the basic concepts of mental health. Um, we have an online assessment so that people can understand where they are in the mental health continuum, and we give them an overview in terms of some of these basic concepts and and different tools that they can use to try to keep themselves as high up on that mental uh, health continuum as possible. Um, we started. Uh, um, we're going to start rolling out a couple of new programs um, over the next little while. Um, some of these programs are, are focused on people who are struggling a lot, um, so principals and vice principals who might be um, reaching a short-term disability stage, um, either because of a physical illness, in which case we want to prevent a secondary mental illness, or if they're struggling because of mental health issues, primarily anxiety and depression, we've got a deeper dive um, in that program. And also that program has a return to work component as well to help people better understand um, what are some things they can do to proactively um, better manage that process of return to work? Because that's a very, very stressful process for everybody that I've ever worked with, but particularly for principals and vice principals, again, because it is such a public um, position. Everybody in the school knows that they're coming back. And so we really try to include a lot of um, uh, um, tools for the person to better prepare. Um, so, for example, we've got... Um, a module where people can evaluate how close they feel with, say, their board and, and their superintendent. And then based on that, we, we propose different kinds of scripts. So if they're very close to the superintendent, the script's a lot longer. If it's moderate, it's a little bit shorter. If they don't feel close then uh, with that person, then it's, it's very short. So it's things like that that we're really trying to roll out to, to better um, support people uh, all across the, the mental health continuum. Okay. So let's get into some of the details of the program. First of all, how would an OPC member access this program? Um, the program is available to all um, OPC members. It's free of charge for the members. Um, uh, OPC has, um, has generously um, provided access for everybody and their family members. So if anybody is interested, uh, the website is starlingminds.com. And uh, there's a registration button at the very top. And so they just need uh, to enter in a... Um, a, uh, an email address. We usually recommend that they use a personal email address rather than their, their work one and um, their OPC membership number. Okay. And how long does the program take? 
Uh, the program varies in terms of uh, the needs of the person. Um, sometimes it can take um, generally a couple of weeks to a couple of months um, to sometimes we, we know that um, because of the the open-endedness of the program in the sense that people can come and go depending on their own needs. Sometimes we see people come in and they, they Netflix it, so they, they go through it very, very quickly. We see other people that, um, especially with other organizations that we've worked with for, say, four or five years, we, we know that um, some people register very early on and they come back in maybe year two or year three or year four. I think a lot of it depends on um, the need of the person at that particular moment in time because that of, often influences their motivation to learn about it. Okay, so you don't have to do this whole thing at once? Like, is it split up into modules or something? That's right. Um, the, the mental fitness program is split into uh, 28 uh, sessions, and um, we try to walk people through uh, um, a lot of the basic concepts. And, and so some of them are, you know, self-awareness and emotional regulation and thought balancing are some of the big sections within that. Okay. Can you tell us how many OPC members have already signed up for the Starling Minds program? Well, we launched in October of uh, 2018, and I know that we've got about 750 members already. So we're really pleased with that uptake. Um, I, it's a pretty significant, you know, proportion of people within your organization. So I think it's a real testament to, you know, when we've worked with a lot of different organizations, uh, a big part of it is um, the partnerships that we have with the organization and how willing they are to really um, promote the, you know, the, the program and. Um, get the information out there. And I think OPC has done a really fabulous job of, um, of uh, you know, relying on a lot of different channels um, to, to get the information in front of their members. Okay. Have you received any feedback from our members so far about their participation in the program? Yeah, I mean, generally what we find, uh, OPC has been very consistent with a lot of the other educational organizations that we've worked with. Um, it's generally very, very positive. Um, we very rarely get any negative comments um, in the program or just in general. Um, but, you know, we're always looking for constructive feedback because, you know, like I said, we're always changing the program. We've got a new release coming out in June and another one um, that we've got planned for the fall. So, you know, whenever we get feedback from people, even if it doesn't work, we want to know, how, you know, why doesn't it work? Or if it doesn't resonate, we want to know why it doesn't resonate or what could we do to make it better? Um, we're always interested in that. So feedback is always welcome. Okay. So, Andrew, for the OPC members who have not yet signed up for or participated in the Starling Minds program, what would you say to those members? Um, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't think that anything is ever a one-size-fits-all. Um, so I think that people have to decide for themselves whether or not they, they, they see value in it, right, whether or not um, it could be helpful for them. Um, I would caution OPC members just in terms of the more I've learned about the profession, uh, the more I've learned how stressful it can be. I mean, I, I think that the feedback that I've, I've um, heard from a lot of um, principals and vice principals is that it can be a very rewarding job, right, in terms of your scope of influence increases from the classroom to now a school, right, and, and the community. So the reach that you have is, is so much broader and it's so much greater, but the challenges and the responsibility that come along with that is also so much greater. And uh, I think that what people don't realize in terms of mental health is that it does fluctuate over the course of our lives, very much like our physical health. And, you know, one of the things that we really try to help people understand in the program is that we do have this online assessment that is based on 
what's used in psychological research. So it's just a it's, it's just an estimate for people to help understand where they are on that mental health continuum when it comes to um, their sadness symptoms or anxiety symptoms and their overall functioning in life. And um, I, I would just encourage people to try that and to take it, um, you know, potentially on like a quarterly basis, because it's that self-awareness piece to know where you are is sometimes um, very difficult for a lot of people. Um, it, it's, it's similar to your physical health and, or even your weight, right, where sometimes your weight can change slowly over time. And then you put on an old pair of jeans and you think, oh, you know, how did that happen, right? Um, they don't fit anymore, right? And, and mental health can be very similar. Um, there's things that people do or can do every day that can potentially chip away at their mental health. And so they might notice it from one day to the next or even one week to the next or even one month to the next. But it has this cumulative effect where it slowly chips away at the level of energy that they have in their battery or really um, uh, uh, chips away where they are in that mental health continuum. They start to fall and then a few more stressors come into their life. And then we call this a perfect storm where all of a sudden then we see a free fall. Right. And so, you know, I'd encourage, you know, I, I realize how um, how busy uh, principals and vice principals are. And it's very difficult to ask them to do something else and, you know, even take 10 minutes in their day because they generally don't have 10 minutes. And whatever 10 minutes they have is so valuable in terms of, well, what is going to refill you? Right. Or what's going to be the best thing for you? It could be, you know, um, going for a walk. It could be going for a drive. It could be spending time with your family, whatever it may be. I know I, I recognize how valuable that time is. But even if they were to take, you know, that assessment once a quarter or every six months, like when you go to the dentist, it just keeps it top of mind. And, you know, I think it's really in today's day and age with our both our physical and mental health, I think it's really incumbent on the individual to really do everything they can to, to manage it on their own. Right. Um, because we do have a system and the physical system is definitely better than the mental health one. But I think it's still regardless of which one it's still up to all of us to try to keep our, our health as high as possible. So this episode has been about Starling Minds. Just want to remind our OPC members that Starling Minds is an online mental health program. It is confidential and it's free of charge to our OPC members. We've been talking today to Dr. Andrew Mickey, who is the founder of Starling Minds. You can find out more about the program on our website under our professional learning section or at starlingminds.com. We encourage all of you to take a look at this program so that it can help you in your journey along the mental health spectrum. Andrew, thank you for joining us today. Listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Principal Voice. Thanks, Peggy.